0: Hello, everybody. I'm with my... I'm very excited. I have my friend, Marty Goldstein, Dr. Marty. Dr. Marty is the dog doc. He is probably the world's leading integrative veterinary
1: medicine expert. He's one of the co-founders of the... What is it? American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, AHVMA. I'm going to tell you...
0: A story about Marty that you won't believe. One of my best friends is a guy called Paul Kupchak. He's a falconer like me. I knew him, know him from for many, for de- many, many decades of flying hawks with him. And he's a horse trainer. He owned a couple of bars. One of them, I think it was called the, what is it, the Moonshine Mile?
1: Yeah, the Moonlight Mile. And the then they White opened mile another one called the, the Moonlight, Moonlight the
0: Mile again. Back to <laughs> the Rolling Stones. He was a big Rolling Stones fan. He met Marty. Because there was a dog, a German shepherd that belonged to a friend of his, but every vet who saw it had deemed it incurable. Marty cured the dog and became friends with Paul. He used to drink at Paul's bar, and Paul's son had a hamster that had fallen off a table, and it was paralyzed from the waist down. And Paul is an animal lover, and he kept this hamster anyhow but for many, many weeks, it just dragged its feet around and it was permanently paralyzed. And they showed it to Dr. Marty. And he said, do you have a, a needle? So, a sewing needle. They brought him a sewing needle and he heated it up on it with a cigarette lighter. This is what Paul remembers his story. And Dr. Marty gave him an acupuncture and the hamster walked out, walked across the table and never had a problem again. Was that a true story,
1: Marty? It is absolutely true. It was just, I actually visited them at their like farm in Brewster, New York. And that's when they showed me the hamster. It was, I remember during the day and uh, you know and the rest is history. It's funny, but that's how I got into all of this. You know, I studied acupuncture two years out of Cornell. I graduated Cornell vet school in 1973. And two years out, I was losing my own health. So I started to search for things medicine didn't offer me to regain my own health. And I ran across Oriental philosophy. I became certified in acupuncture. You know, right after that, I reversed the hamster of paralysis. But that's when the arrows started to fly at my back.
0: <laughs> well, tell us because I know early in your career, we've talked about this, that you had a Morana that you were treating yourself with good food, you stopped eating processed food, your health came back. You've been very, very sickly for a decade. Your health came back and then you decided, I'll try this on an animal. And it was, tell us about the Weimarana.
1: Yeah, we actually formulated a very big central hospital with eight veterinarians. And there was a Weimarana that was in a coma, had a seizure, went into a coma, was not my case. We were really friendly with the veterinarians and I overheard that after being in a coma four or five days that the dog was gonna be euthanized. So I just was certified in acupuncture. And I said, can I try to treat the dog? And he said, we got nothing to lose. So I gave this dog an acupuncture treatment of six needles. When I hit the sixth needle into what's called the heart meridian, the dog woke up and two of the four technicians started to scream and ran out of the building. They thought, <laughs> they thought it was like witchcraft. So anyway, Four days later, this dog was making so much noise, we sent it home. I changed the dog's diet to what I learned about real food. What a concept, feeding an animal real food. And what was amazing is that whoever was touched this Weimaraner broke out in a rash. You know, the dog's parents, me, as the dog detoxified on a good diet, all its gray fur fell out. And then all of a sudden, this little brown puppy fur, this dog was 11 years old, started to grow in. And then a whole beautiful new coat came in. And I got to see the correlation between toxicity and disease. And then that's when my quest- And the reason people were getting rashes,
0: because you put it on a diet where it was detoxifying and it was excreting chemicals and they were picking up the chemicals from its skin.
1: Yeah, I wrote a book 22 years ago called The Nature of Animal Healing. That yeah, is I got still, another one your books. Yeah, that one was released in February. This was released 22 years ago and is in, still in the top 15 to 20,000 out of 9 million on Amazon. One of the fundamental rules I put in there, health is not so much about what you put into your body, but what you allow your body to get rid of. Detoxification, on a physical level, so much disease is caused by toxicity. And that's when this item that we're going to talk about today called vaccinations comes in. And like I said in, in the documentary that, you know, a good friend of yours, Sidney meal did on me called The Dog Doc, which unfortunately was winning awards all over the, the United States and it premiered in theaters in New York and L.A. the day before COVID shut everything down.
0: She was converted to... A lifetime commitment to integrative medicine because of what you did with her Sharpei. She had a little Sharpei. Every vet had told her sharp a is always die when they're six years old. The dog had been sick for years and years. It was like a wizened old dog. It couldn't move, and you started doing your magic on it and feeding it a good diet, raw diet. And
1: the the dog's name was Coco and the have a thing called the Sharpe Fever Syndrome, something like that. This dog was running extremely high fevers, 105, 106 plus. Every time it spiked a fever, it would go on cortisone, aspirin, antibiotics. It would come back down, but then it would spike again. Finally, it was recommended to her that she should consider having Coco put out of her misery. And she was in a pet store and someone said to her, have you called Marty Goldstein? And she goes, who's he? So she looked me up. She called my practice on a Friday. I was so busy then seeing people from all over the country. I called her back back at 11 o'clock at night. I called her back at 11 o'clock at night. And she went, wait a minute. What doctor calls you at 11 o'clock at night that you don't even know? And all I said to her and it changed her life is I said, do you realize Coco's system is trying to do something and you keep stopping it? And she went, oh my God. So more or less, we stopped the drugs, we went on a homeopathic remedy and a couple of supplements, anti-inflammatory, and let Coco's fever run its course, and the rest is history. The doctor doesn't heal the body, nature does. Hippocrates said it, physician heal thyself, not doctor heal the patient. You know, at one time I was number two in my class in the academic parts of Cornell Vet School. So I know medicine and still do very well. It's just that the chemical suppression of symptoms that nature creates to try to get better, the end result of that is cold cancer. I've witnessed the incidence of cancer in dogs in my career triple or quadruple since I graduated Cornell. And what used to be a disease solely of the old is now a disease of the young. So something is wrong in the educational system with conventional medicine. I'm not anti-medicine. I'm not anti-vaccine. I am pro-sanity and pro-knowledge.
0: Now talk about feline sarcoma because I think that's something everybody will be interested in.
1: Yeah, uh, God, I, I wrote about it in my first book because it, you give a, a, a vaccine It's typically the rabies vaccine and where the vaccine is injected in the body, a fibrous tumor grows and no matter how many times you remove it, it grows back and kills the cat. So the recommendation in my last book, 22 years ago, by the Association of Feline Practitioners, it's let's vaccinate with the rabies vaccine when your cat comes in, in the lower left leg and the leukemia vaccine in the lower right leg so when the tumor grows, we could solve it by amputation. Hello? <laughs> <And> now they <laughs> get in a... the,
0: the tail, right?
1: Yeah, and now they're starting to give it in the tail. But what I really love, and I just <laughs> wrote about it in my second book, is one of the leading oncologists in the United States. He's the one that the drug companies hire. That's Bergman. Create... Yeah, Philip Bergman. Great, great guy. I went to a lecture that he gave on the feline sarcoma complex. And because most vaccines are given between the shoulder blades, the recommended procedure right now to save the cat's life is what's called five centimeter margins, which is half the cat. So they would remove the tops of both shoulder blades, the tops of four or five vertebrae, the tumor, and sew the cat together. And then he said, and you're going to love this because you edited a book on that. He said, this is not a condition or a syndrome of surgery. This is a syndrome of adjuvants, which are the things put into vaccines that enhance absorption to increase the level of immunity. And he said, if we get the adjuvants out of vaccines, we will get feline fibrosarcomas out of the cats in our society. Why aren't vets listening to one of the number one oncologists in the United States?
0: Do they even make adjuvant-free
1: vaccines? Yes. They make, it's called Truvax, is an adjuvant-free. And when we do use rabies, there's one called TNF, which is thimerosal-free. Because thimerosal, you know darn well what thimerosal is. You know, the only problem is once they woke up to thimerosal, they replace it with aluminum. <laughs>
0: Yeah. What kind of vaccines do you recommend? Because you know, one of the things that you've been complaining about is the way that vaccines are given to pets. A chihuahua gets the same dose as a great dane. And it may be that even the chihuahua can get adequate titers, in other words, adequate immune response from or even the Great Dane. The Great Dane. And so you may be giving to a Chihuahua hundreds of times the dose that it actually needs to achieve
1: an immune response. You said it probably better than I did. (laughs) I mean, this is part of the insanity, which is just common sense and which we should apply real science to is why are we vaccinating? Where's the dose to weight relationship? Why are we vaccinating a Chihuahua and a Great Dane? And according to USDA studies, it can be up to 10 times what the Great Dane needs. But I once had the man, Dr. Ron Schultz, who he took a a study done in France where they vaccinated dogs standardly with rabies until one year of age. And then instead of vaccinating these dogs, they took a titer every single year. Every one of them was positive. Then they challenged the dogs with live rabies virus. And the study went eight years long. Not one dog got rabies. So Ron Schultz replicated this study. It's called the Rabies Challenge Fund. Look it up online. And they reported their findings that dogs that are vaccinated standardly up to one year of age have a full-blown immunity up to five years. The reason they didn't go six and seven years is the government ran out of live rabies to continue the study. So why are we vaccinating dogs and cats every three years, and a lot of veterinarians are still vaccinating every single year when there is a scientific study out there that's saying that the minimum duration of protection of rabies is at least five years. Or as I say, when people raise their eyebrows, I look at them and go, when was your last polio shot? And they get it. What's the difference between the dogs and cats and us? You go into all these university studies and you'll see the minimum duration of protection to the feline distemper vaccine, the distemper vaccines, the parvo vaccines is seven to 15 years. Why are we vaccinated every year or every three years? This is the insanity that I'm trying to go against. It's not that I'm a radical trying to be right. I just love animals so much and I've witnessed cancer quadruple in my career. And it's not because bad luck or an invasion from Mars. There is insanity going on when it comes to improper or over vaccinations, not vaccinations. I just want to put sanity into it.
0: One of the problems is, and I know there's probably no vet in the country that did not get into veterinary medicine because they love animals. Uh, There's also an economic driver, the same way there is for pediatricians, who virtually all of them got into their profession by caring for children. But there's an economic driver that becomes really almost a mandate for them. And with a lot of the childhood vaccination program is driven by the fact that pediatricians make around typically about 50 percent of their salary not from selling the vaccines, but from the mandated wellness visits, the traffic that comes in. Because the, you know, when I was a kid, I only went to the pediatrician when I fell off my bike and I needed the stitches. But today, the pediatricians really rely on that constant traffic, you know, the wellness visits that are scheduled for kids to come in and get their vaccines. And the same is true with veterinary. You know, yep. They have that economic driver too, right?
1: It's considered 50% of a vet's income is vaccines and other stuff. There was an article done in the Wall Street Journal. I think it was cover page about vaccines. And it was done by this very wealthy businessman from Denver, Colorado, that I contacted because his got the rabies vaccine and had a severe autoimmune crisis and died. And he became really angry. So he took all his money, got the Wall Street Journal to do a study. I was actually afraid speaking to him on the telephone. That's how angry he was, like he was going to destroy the entire profession. You know what he told me? The Wall Street Journal went into veterinary hospitals and they did an entire analysis. They determined the markup on vaccinations. When you not only look at the price it cost a veterinarian and what he charges, But the ease of administration, the lack of bookkeeping, you don't have to take blood samples, fill up lab forms, get technicians to send titers in and this and that. That's a huge money generator. And unfortunately, you are correct. But when I lecture to the veterinary schools and veterinarians in practice, and they say, we understand what you're saying. We see all your clinical data. How do we handle our income? You know what I tell them? I say right now, a rabies vaccine appointment and a full wellness check is 20 to 30 minutes and you charge $35 for that vaccine. My office visit for one hour for an integrated veterinarian in healthcare is $640. Plus I take all the blood work and I do analysis. So every time I give a rabies vaccine, I lose five to $700 and they wake up because you, a veterinarian can generate Even more capital on focusing on health, not disease. Unfortunately, medicine has become a disease-oriented establishment. We diagnose disease and then drug it, but we learn how to quote-unquote prevent disease by using agents that cause disease. So we're a disease-oriented establishment.
0: You talk about cancer, but did they get that? You know the whole. Are there similar explosions in chronic disease?
1: Yes. I would think in my experience, you know, I've been a, vet, a clinical veterinarian for almost a half a century. And with my associates, all the consultations I've done, I've worked on well over 100,000 patients, maybe up near 200,000. And I have, you know, near photographic memory still. So I remember a lot. And I would say, a good 80 to 85% of the diseases we see, especially in dogs, have some kind of allergic manifestation or autoimmune manifestation.
0: Right. Well, that's really what autoimmunity is. That's kind of the definition of autoimmunity,
1: right? Right. I'm looking right now at the Purdue vaccination study of an order of antibodies. It was done in April of 2011. Here is what they state. The vaccinated, but not the non vaccinated dogs in the Purdue studies developed autoantibodies to many of their own biochemicals, including fibronectin, laminin, DNA, albumin, cytochrome C, and collagen. So it's proven at Purdue Veterinary College that vaccines instigate the body's own antibodies to go against its own body. Hello immune system, hello cancer. And what makes this so complicated and it's so insane is that we are so unnecessarily, repetitively vaccinating animals year after year with doses up to hundred times what a Chihuahua needs when it's clinically proven, scientifically proven, they don't even need the damn things. So it causes me to be angry. I'm sorry that I'm getting angry. <laughs>
0: Well, the vaccines are those, they are, you know, I've seen dogs with parvo and I've seen them with distemper. Weren't those diseases much more common before vaccination?
1: They were, I treated in my career, the amount of dogs and that I treated for distemper and parvo, I could count on less than two hands.
0: But they, and I was the people-
1: some of them with intravenous vitamin C, so I would much rather treat a dog for distemper or parvo than cancer. We were seeing five new cases of cancer a day in my clinic before I retired from it. So, and that's how. And there is a correlation. So I'm not. This is why I'm not anti-vaccine. It's why I'm anti-vaccine insanity. And when there is scientific studies from the university vet school in madison wisconsin showing that the minimum duration of protection from a distemper vaccine standardly given is 7 to 15 years don't vaccinate that dog every year or every 3 years for the rest of their life cuz you're just going to blow out their immune system giving something that is totally unnecessary sanity
0: you can handle a lot more animals if um, and a lot you know a lot more traffic from different patients if, if they're actually
1: well. What the, the medical scientific field is lacking is comparative studies on vaccinated populations and unvaccinated populations. Just common sense, and I wrote this in my book twice, you cannot make an immune system bionic. One of the laws of physics is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So if you powerfully stimulate an immune system in the body for distemper or rabies, and you blow it out of the water, so they're vaccinated for five lifetimes, what happens to other parts of the immune system that have to take care of its own cellular structures and things like that? That's why we've seen so many chronic degenerative illnesses, arthritis, kidney failure, diabetes, and especially cancer and autoimmune disease rise tremendously. Yeah, we don't see I've never seen a case of rabies. Rabies is not a great disease. I've never seen a case of rabies. So yeah, vaccinated scandally and then take titers. They don't accept the titers right now. Go adhere to the rabies challenge fund. It's all in the literature.
0: what about somebody who says, the other reason you're not seeing rabies is because all the animals got rabies shot.
1: Yeah, maybe they're right. When was your last polio shot? We don't see polio. Right, It was in the 50s. You don't need a shot every year, but you- Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, right. Especially when the Rabies Challenge Fund right now, any veterinarian listening to this or any patient of a veterinarian, tell them to look up the Rabies Challenge Fund where they scientifically proved through the US government and the University of Madison, Wisconsin, that the minimum duration of proper rabies vaccines up to one year of age last at least five years. So do a tighter, veterinarian. You'll actually make more money. You know, it's all about health for the animals. Who cares about the finances? I mean, really? When you've seen as much can, I've seen 45,000 cases of cancer in my career. It's heart-wrenching, especially when they're two years old, one I, year you old. You
0: know what? I, I have a, a wildlife rehabilitation license and New York State, a federal license, but at one point they made us all get rabies shots because I think there was a raccoon outbreak in the state. And so we all had to get those shots. And I shudder to think, you know, what that shot did to me. I mean,
1: I'm okay, but you know, who knows? Right? Yeah. I have something right in front of me that goes along with this. Right before I retired from clinical practice, my associates saw a little dog come in from a local township in Connecticut with cancer. And we went through the history and here it is in the history. On September 3rd of 2016, from this veterinary hospital, the rabies vaccination your pet has just received has been medically tested to be effective for a period of three years. However, because of the epidemic proportion of rabies occurring in this area, I looked it up, It was two raccoons in that that year. We strongly recommend your pet be revaccinated on an annual basis. We could actually go to the Attorney General of Connecticut on false advertising because they're stating that the vaccine is proven to be effective for three years. They're hyping up the condition because there is no epidemic of rabies in this area. And they're unfortunately vaccinating all their patients every year. This is what I'm trying to come out against. Just like in your life, which I admire so much. You're just trying to do good, <laughs> period. Um,
0: I was actually at dinner last night with a woman who had a dachshund and the dachshund was covered with tumors. And the doctors had, her vet had talked about putting the, the animal down because it just kept sprouting tumors and a very, very large tumors. and she brought it to a vet integrative medical vet out near the near lax and this guy is a famous guy but he treated that dog with intravenous vitamin c and the tumors according to my friend disappeared do you buy that
1: well that vet by lax is probably my dear friend rick palmquist Yeah,
0: that's who it is. That's who it
1: is. (laughs) And if you watch the documentary, the best scene in that movie is Rick and I getting interviewed. Do you know how Rick became an integrated veterinarian? He was, as he said, pissed off that one of his clients came to me years ago, 15, 18 years ago, and that I claimed I was curing cancer using diet. So he contacted me scheming that he was interested in my work. His main goal was to get my license revoked. So he said, how do I learn about this stuff? And I said, I'm actually giving a a six hour seminar this Friday, just kidding around. He said, I'll be there. He flew in, I picked him up at LaGuardia Airport and he came, he saw my presentation, he came to my practice, he saw the patients, reviewed the records and like in the documentary, We had a German Shepherd that was paralyzed for three months. The number one neurologist in the United States gave it up as hopeless. I gave this dog an acupuncture treatment and just like Paul Kupchak's little hamster, the dog got up and walked and Rick Palmquist fainted. He actually fell over and passed out And then he became one of the leading integrative veterinarians in the United States. And I'm the one that taught him about intravenous vitamin C. Yeah, health works. Health is really simple. Medicine is severely complex because we're going against nature's ability to heal the body by chemical suppression of symptoms. It's not more complicated than that. How do you heal a cut? Sign on to Google, but if your cut doesn't heal, your immune system's in trouble. It's not complicated stuff. (laughs) That's all I got to say.
0: Where do people who are listening to this podcast, where do they find a
1: vet like you? That's a great question because I I needed to cover that. The American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, ahvma.org, has a listing of all the integrative veterinarians in the United States and in Canada, city, state by state, city by city, sometimes town by town and what modalities they practice. And, you know, when I started, there was two or three. Now, fortunately, they're all over the place popping up. You know, I told you the arrow holes that you could count on my back when I became an acupuncturist. Now 63% of the veterinary colleges in the United States embrace acupuncture. 1978, my license was threatened verbally for treating arthritic dogs with glucosamine sulfate instead of drugs. Do you know how much glucosamine sulfate is prescribed now and sold in veterinary medicine? You know, one of the joys of my life right now is because acupuncture is so accepted. I go to veterinary conferences and these veterinarians that were really criticizing me. They come up to me and says, you know, you were so far ahead of your time. And I look at them and say, what? Acupuncture has been around three to 5,000 years. I was just 30 years less behind than you. Just wake up. <laughs> it's not complicated.
0: Where, where can people, this is Marty Goldstein's most recent book, which is called The Spirit of Animal Healing. Your movie Hold on up again so people can see it.
1: You will just love this movie. Cindy's One of Cindy's last movies made the shortlist for the Academy Awards. She is a super professional. And this is a one hour and 41 minute, very enjoyable, full movie about integrative medicine with graphics and all of that stuff in the movie. But it really shows not only the struggle that I've gone through just to bring the truth out, but how we need to integrate conventional and alternative. Holistic medicine is not the other side of conventional medicine. Holistic medicine is treating the whole body and it is the umbrella over conventional and alternative therapies. So you're not going one or the other. A veterinarian will be expanding their awareness of healthcare tremendously by becoming an integrative veterinarian. Easy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Marty Goldstein, Dr. Marty, thank you so much for joining me today and thanks for all of that you do. Thank you, Marty.
1: You're just one of the guiding lights in, in my life. I mean, your work is just, not that I do like people. I love animals. I'm not too fond of people, but especially children. You know, I have three young daughters And your work is so necessary for the human race and the future of the human race. So my hat goes off to you as much as your hat goes off to me. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Marty. All
1: right. Bye, everybody.